Have you ever thought that other people are just so much more talented than you are? When people talk about talents and abilities, you feel like you're on the low end of the spectrum. You look around the church and you don't see any place that you can serve because you don't play an instrument, sing, or preach. It can be really upsetting and you can feel like you really don't matter in the church or that you aren't as valuable as other people who serve in a lot of areas. Have you had some kind of setback? You've been disappointed by a situation, maybe at church, school, or in relationships. Those things can make us lose sight of what we can do for God or what He has placed us here for. I'm Josh Cave, and I've asked the exact same questions. In fact, I've been asking questions about God and Christianity since I was a teenager. Those questions have led me to a lot of study and even earning a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. Today, I'm joined by my wife, Molly Cave, as we discuss part two of How Can God Use Me? In today's episode, we answer the question, how can God use me if I've experienced a setback or don't have any talents? Before we jump into that, let's cue the music. Welcome to the After Youth Podcast, where we answer the most challenging questions asked by every Christian young adult. Let's dive in. Last week, we talked about how God can use us in our work every day, no matter what our work is. But you might have found yourself saying, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't feel like I have any skills or abilities to help me in life, much less that God can use. Maybe you've had a setback. Things were going good, but you lost a job. You changed schools or you just lost yourself. But we all want to do something with our lives. We all want to use the gifts God has given us. But what if we're looking around and we don't see any gifts, no opportunities, and you don't know how God can use you? But I believe that there are a lot of young adults that feel this way. It can be really difficult to become a young adult in a society filled with things like social media. Because you can feel like you're doing pretty good. You've got a decent job and everything's going okay. Maybe your school's doing all right. All these things are going pretty well, but you go and you log into Instagram and somebody you know just bought a new car and that just seems like they've got life figured out so much better than you do. Or maybe you're scrolling through Facebook and a friend of yours that has a band is going on a radio show and you feel like you're inferior because you don't see like that you have real gifts or talents. And the world of social media has made our self-image dependent on the image of others. So you feel like you have no skills and abilities Because you see the glorified gifts and abilities of other people all the time. Tons of people on my social media feed that post stuff, they seem so wise and they post things that are so thought out. And then if I'm not careful, I can spend all of my time comparing what I'm saying to what they're saying. I can be like, they just said this incredible thing. And then I look at my post or my outlines for a podcast and I'm like, man, I really just don't say things as well as they do. And I can even feel like I'm not good at what I do because they seem to be better. 
And so today I want to jump in with step one in this discussion of understanding that God has placed gifts and abilities in you is stop comparing yourself to others. This is going to sound bad, but I want you to understand that there are always going to be other people that are better at something than you are. I play guitar and uh, can mess around with a couple other instruments, and I promise you there are people way better than I am. And that's not a knock on my ability, but there's always somebody better. There's always some Instagram video of somebody that's practiced something 10,000 times, and they're going to be better than what you think you are. You have to learn to be the best you can be, regardless of what other people do. In a book by MVP winning running back, Sean Alexander, he talks about that a teacher told him early in his life that he had to be the best Sean Alexander that he could be. And that quote has stuck with me from a young age. And we have to do the same thing. We have to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And that has nothing to do with what other people are doing. Because I promise you can sit there and look at social media, look at the rest of the world, your friends, your acquaintances. And there's always going to be people that are really good at things. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that are in different bands and things like that. And they're very talented at what they do. If I'm not careful, I get caught up in comparing myself and I get upset because they're really talented and are experiencing a level of success that I want. But I have to step back and remember they're being the best that they can be and I've got to be the best I can be, whatever that looks like. Molly, have you had this happen with your social media where you've ended up comparing yourself to other people. How did you deal with that? Oh, absolutely. So I remember one time in college, it was like everybody, I guess you could say, had their glow up and they were just so Instagram shiny and everything. And I was just, I wasn't that, I wasn't really that girl that even remembered to take pictures (laughs) for the most part. And so I, and please don't go checking on my Instagram because it is an embarrassing feed. But uh, there for a while, it wasn't that I wasn't happy for these people, but for my own sake and to stop comparing, I actually had to shut off Instagram for a while. And I really, I've not posted anything since I think 2018, 2017, something like that. And because I just got out of the routine of it then. But that was one thing that helped me because it, it took off the shiny aspect, I guess you could say. And I got to focus on my friend's actual accomplishments rather than seeing the picture of this fancy thing. And then another thing I did was I prayed that God changed my heart because there were times that Never, I would hope never out of malicious intent, but I wasn't really h- happy for my friends like I should have been. And so I was, I had to constantly pray that God would just change my heart to, to change that, to not compare and to just be happy for what they have and content with what I have. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right in how you dealt with that, just working through that and seeing that because. You talked about basically it led to resentment of some of those people and their accomplishments where in reality, we really want to be cheerleaders. And I think that's an important first step in this process of being okay with who we are. As we continue in this discussion, how can God use me? I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities. And I bet whenever you say, I don't have talents, I don't have abilities, it's that you're belittling what you have because you've seen how big somebody else has it. And so 
the first step in all of this is understanding you do have gifts and talents that God has given you. Whether you realize it 100% or not is a different story, but there are things that you're good at. There's things that you have that God has given just to you. Those may need developing, they may need growth, but the reason that you say, I don't have anything that I'm good at is because you look around and you see what other people are good at and you're like, I'm nowhere near where they are. And so mine is not valuable at all. And so step one in all of this is stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing yourself, especially on social media where it's thrown at you all the time. And step two would be to understand that setbacks and challenges are success in the making. You may find yourself feeling like you're not good enough. And part of that could be you've just gone through something. And I want to go through this and I'll tell you a quick story. Back in the early 1900s, there was a man who wanted so badly to build and fix things. It fascinated him how things worked, and he longed for the chance to build, to learn that skill, to be able to build and create things. But from a, an early age, he knew that could never be an option. He grew up in Northern Ireland, which is known to be incredibly rainy for long portions of the year. So he was always reduced to the indoors while he was a kid. He would spend long days wishing to go outside and explore the world like all the other kids across the world were doing. But he was forced to look on as the world passed him by. On the inside, he dreamed of building ships, motors, and houses. But he would never be able to experience that. The reason he would never experience that is because he and his brother inherited an unfortunate trait from their father. They were both single-jointed in their thumb. And so what is normal for you and me to be able to move your thumb was impossible for him, his brother, and his dad. So what did he do? This kid wanted to go outside. He wanted to live his life out there, but he couldn't because of the rain all the time. And he was forced inside with these dreams and hopes of being able to do something he would never be able to do. And so what happened? What did he do with his life? He began to write. He searched in his imagination as a child and built entire worlds on pieces of paper. The detail in the imagery would go so deep It would be so incredible because he was forced to be in there for long periods of time. But the only reason he did it was because he was forced to. He had no other option. And maybe you'll know some of the worlds that he built from that same imagination and the same pen. The Chronicles of Narnia is his most well-known. Author C.S. Lewis only began writing because of a defect in his hand and the rainy seasons that would lock him indoors for hours and hours on end. And so I want to ask you real quick, what if C.S. Lewis had been able to work on things like he wanted to do? He could use his thumbs like the rest of us. Because he could have lived a happy life as a boat builder, as a mechanic, as whatever. 
what would have happened if he didn't start writing whenever he did? I think it would be pretty clear that the Chronicles of Narnia books would never be written. Books or movies that were directed and produced almost a hundred years later would never be developed. Imagine the lives that have been changed and impacted because of the writings of this man. And you may know the C.S. Lewis of the Chronicles of Narnia, but I've come to know and love the C.S. Lewis that wrote books on apologetics and theology and these different ideas on Christianity. And those writings have impacted me. His early years of being forced inside have gone on a hundred years after him to truly impact my life. And so for me, it's incredible to look back and say, man, what was a defect in his hand changed my life. God was using that challenge, that issue in his hand and in his life that likely made him look at his life like he was inferior, that he wasn't as good as other people. And God used that to create an author that would reach people all over the world for hundreds of years. And I think that can make, allow us to look at our lives a little bit differently. Because I know whenever something happens in my life, whenever I have a bad day or maybe a setback, I've talked on this podcast about some setbacks in my life and in my ministry that really took a toll on my life at the time. And it's really easy to let those things get you down. And you could even look at C.S. Lewis. If anybody had a right to spiral in depression over things he couldn't do, I feel like he had a right to. He could have been disappointed. He could have been mad at God. He could have spent his whole life frustrated and angry because of what he was not able to do. And I think that's what a lot of us would have done. And frankly, there's a good chance that's what I would have done. <laughs> but something that could have, maybe should have, destroyed his outlook on life ended up being the one thing that made him the person God desired him to be. And if you look back at my life, there were times that I was frustrated with what God was doing. I'd be in a ministry, and then I would not be in a ministry, and it would be really frustrating. And I would wonder what in the world God was doing. But I can look back and see now that God was teaching me, and He was developing me, and He was growing me. And I think in the life of C.S. Lewis, he could look back at his life as a child and see that God was using his childhood to develop and grow him into the person he was calling him to be. And so I circle all the way back around to talk about your life. Maybe you feel the same way that C.S. Lewis did. You're like, I don't have talents and abilities. I'm not great at a lot of things. Maybe, maybe there are things that you want to do, but you can't do physically or whatever. There are things that you cannot do. And I want to tell you that can be really difficult. It can be really upsetting. It can make you angry at God and at the world because, because you feel like you're inferior or you're not good enough. And I want to tell you that maybe God is using this time to develop you into the person that he's called you to be. But the very thing that has you discouraged and feeling hopeless could be the very thing that God is using to take you to where he has called you to go. 
And I'm not saying that God will use a breakup to teach you to write books and become a famous author, but at the same time, why not? Crazier things have happened. God has done crazier things. And so step two of this, how can God use me if I don't have any talents, I don't have abilities, or or I've experienced a setback? Step two is that setbacks and challenges and even disappointments can be success in the making because God is using them to grow you and grow your life. Molly, real quick here, have you experienced something in your life that could that God used to help you later on? Yeah. When I was 16, I had a wreck and I was speeding, ran into some trees and I crushed my ankle. And so resulting from that, I was not able to run, jump, do anything. And I was in a softball at the time. I wasn't able to do that anymore. And so getting into college, I couldn't walk around campus like I needed to. And it was really embarrassing because I I was walking with a limp. What a great way to start off college, starting a new chapter in your life. I felt like I looked like a crazy person because I was walking so slow and stuff. But, But because I had this disability, I did have a handicap placard, which then resulted in me working with the disability department at the college I was at, who allowed me, because I needed time to get in between my classes, I was able to register for all of my classes before anybody else, even the seniors, which ensured that I was always getting the classes I need for my schedule. So it was never like, oh, I missed out on that class. It's already filled up. I'll have to wait till next semester. So I was actually able to graduate a whole semester early because of that. And little side note, literally the semester before I graduated, that last semester was my internship. So I didn't have to be on campus. I was at a revival and the Lord actually healed me so I can walk, run, jump, all of those things. So that's a fun fact. But anyway, so being able to intern at the time that I did in my last semester, I was able to get a job in the department that I was wanting. From there, it led to, after we got married, getting another job, which led to those qualifications leading to the job that I have now. So had I not had those all of that experience and having that perfect timing of getting that job because I've interned there, because I had my internship at the time I did, because I was able to do it early, I know there's a long story, but or a long trail there, but I wouldn't like my whole timeline that God had for me would have been totally thrown off. And I'm not saying God caused the wreck, but God definitely used turned ashes into beauty for that. Yeah. And I can imagine whenever that wreck happened and you're trying to rehab and some of those other things, you probably could not see how God was going to use that. <laughs> I cannot tell you the number of times that I actually cried to God and was like, why? Like, why did it have to happen? Why? Even if I didn't, I know it was the consequence, the worldly consequence of speeding, but why did I have to have the injuries I did? What what could possibly come from this? I could not see any further than three feet in front of me at the time. Yeah, and I think that's where all of us are whenever something like that happens. And that's a great example of a setback in life. And just like you said, even though that wasn't what you wanted to happen or anything else, like those, that setback opened the doors for so many other things that allowed you to, to be where and who you are now. I think that's the same thing with C.S. Lewis, where he had something in his life that kept him from doing the things he wanted to do. But in the end, God used that to create the person that God needed C.S. Lewis to be. And that's not to say that God causes these big disappointments or he does these things on purpose just to mess with our lives. 
I don't believe that to be the case. But God knows the end results. God is developing you into an incredible person. He's developing you into that person so that he can use you for a divine purpose. And so there are going to be challenges. There are going to be setbacks in life. And we don't know that God is going to use it. But we have to get to a point in our lives where we understand that God can use it. The third step here is to start doing something. When we find ourselves in a place mentally where we feel like there are no opportunities, we have no talents or abilities, and we've had setbacks, we have to stop comparing ourselves, trust God in the setbacks, and begin moving forward. Let's take church, for example. I mentioned in the intro that you know, maybe you look around at church and you're disappointed because you don't have talents or abilities that can help. And so maybe you've walked into church that you've been going to for a while. You're not comparing yourself, but you still don't feel like you have anything you can contribute with. You can't preach or play an instrument, so what value can you provide at church? So you sit back in your seat every week. You want to be of value, but you don't know how to do it. I think people can find themselves stalling just week after week, waiting for somebody to ask us for an opportunity, a pastor or a staff member to come to us and say, hey, I know you can do this. Why don't you come and serve with us? And sometimes that doesn't happen. Maybe they don't come up to you. Maybe they don't offer you some place to serve. But sometimes it can be important for you to go ask for yourself. Let's say you can't sing or preach, as an example. But you know how to work computers. You don't have to be a computer whiz. You just know how to work computers. Maybe you go talk to somebody on the media team and and you say, hey, I don't have any experience, but I'd like to learn. I want to do something. And you go and they teach you how to use their media software and these different things. And so two things happen. One, you get to serve in a church. And two, you learn a valuable skill, not just that you just know how to do a skill, but all of a sudden you thought you don't have any talents or abilities. Now you do. You know how to do this thing. You provide value in the church. And so just by simply going and saying, hey, you know, if I can help here, I'd love to. It can change how you view yourself because now you bring value. Let's say you don't know how to work computers. Maybe you're not an introvert, though. Maybe maybe you're an extrovert, you like talking to people, and you ask to be on the greeting team. And so they put you out there, you're opening doors, you're handing out bulletins or whatever it is, and you're shaking hands and you're having a good time talking to these people. And you're not necessarily learning a skill, but now you've got relationships with all these people in the church because they've seen you and they know you. And so now whenever you go to an event, you can... Keep building these relationships. You are a valuable member of the church because you plugged yourself in and you asked them, hey, I'd like to serve in this way. And so what happens whenever you jump and you serve in one of these areas when you might not feel like it, at first, it's going to feel awkward. (laughs) You're going to go and you're going to try to help and you don't really know anybody. You don't know what you're doing. It's going to be awkward. And then you might find yourself having feelings that you're not good enough. I think all of us that have served in any kind of ministry or any kind of position in a church, you feel like you're not good enough to be doing what you're doing. But as you get more comfortable, you you might find yourself enjoying that thing. 
you know, whether it's media, whether it's serving on a greeting team as an usher on the worship team, you begin to feel more comfortable. And if at that point you really don't like doing it, it's really not your thing. Try serving in another area, go outside of that. But as you continue, you feel more and more comfortable. You feel like you're getting better at it and better at it. And out of nowhere, now you've learned a new skill. But just by putting yourself in a position to serve, you grow in your abilities as a person, and it can grow into serving other people in other areas of the church. And from what I've seen in life and talking to people is a lot of times we feel like we don't have purpose or wonder how God could use us while we're not doing anything. Because people that are doing things, they know how God can use them because God is using them. And I think a lot of people, they get into that place where they just feel stuck. Oh, God can't use me. I don't have any gifts or abilities. And it's like, well, are you doing anything? Are you trying to do something? Because, and a lot of people use the term, like, I'm in a season of waiting whenever they're waiting for a ministry or something like that. And I think that's one of the most misused phrases that we have in the church. I'm in a season of waiting because what that entails is that God can't use me right now because I'm not in a position yet. Once I'm in a position, I'm no longer in a season of waiting. And I really believe that God doesn't call us to sit there and wait until something opens up and or somebody comes and grabs you and says, hey, I need you to do this. I believe that God has called us to seek out how we can serve, how we can be part of the church. There's a an 80-20 rule that says that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's true across workplaces. It's true in churches. And so we have to put ourselves out there and say, I refuse to be part of the 80% that sit in the seat. And I want to be part of the 20% that serve others. And so if you feel like you don't have any talents or abilities, go out there and start doing things. Because when you start doing things, it opens the door for God to put you where he called you to be. Going back to the example of C.S. Lewis, he didn't mean to stumble into writing. He just began writing, and God took it from there. And I think God does the same thing in our lives, where we don't stumble on our calling on purpose. Hey, this could be what I want to do for my whole life. Most of us, we just stumble upon something we're good at, and then we keep getting better at it. And so today, if you feel like you don't have any talents or abilities, just open the door. Begin to serve. Begin to let God use you in those different ways. But Molly, you got really involved with social media at a church that we served in, and it's helped you now in our social media, but it's also something that you've grown in passion about. So you want to go in a little bit on how you got started with it? Yeah. So really, it was just an area of need in the youth ministry that we were working in. And so I stepped up and volunteered because... I had the most availability and <laughs> to do it. And so I knew nothing about social media. Like I said, the last time I had posted anything on Instagram was, like I said, I think 27, eight, or tw- excuse me, 2017. And we all know it, 
social media has definitely changed since then. But I got in and started developing, learning how to create graphics and stuff and posting all these different videos and things and pictures, graphics. And through that, I learned that I actually love doing social media. I love creating the graphics, starting with something from scratch and moving on to, like you said, it helped us with this podcast. I had to take, I had to, somebody had to take pictures for the podcast. And so me already having the role of social media and the kind of the background in that led to starting to work on photography and things like that. And I learned, hey, I love photography. (laughs) So I was that person that said, I don't have any, I don't have any gifts or anything that I know of, any talents. And I couldn't sing worth a lick. I definitely have no rhythm. Josh can attest to that. I can't even keep a clap going. It's, and so I was like, I don't know how I'm a talkative introvert. <laughs> so I, uh, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to serve in a church. I'm, I'm really awkward at greeting. I can't do anything in worship. I don't know what to do. And like I said, going through all, have, just stepping out there and saying, okay, I'll take it has really opened up the opportunity to different things and seeing what I love to do. And I could sit around and watch or and do social media all day long, do graphics and things like that if I had the option now. Yeah. And so that was something that you had totally no experience with before (laughs) we jumped in there. Absolutely. And one of the things that I hear, one of the things that I hear sometimes now that we do a podcast and this is not to brag on us, but a lot of this stuff that we do, we had to learn it from scratch. We didn't know how to develop a podcast. We had never done anything like this and really didn't know anybody who did. So we had to learn a lot of this stuff for ourselves. And one of the things that we'll hear from time to time is, uh, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I knew how to audio edit or video edit or do these different things. And a lot of times I found myself just thinking, man, anybody can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And, And we put a lot of time and energy into it. So I'm not saying that it's easy. But I think a lot of times we make things harder than they are. And even with church or different things like that, we make all these things in church like harder and bigger than they are. If you want to learn something, just plug into it. Learn from who's doing it and who's experienced. Even at home, if you want to learn how to play guitar, I promise you, it's not that hard. You have to do it and you have to work hard at it, but it's not as difficult as it looks. And so if you're one of those people that kind of puts off trying things or doing things, you just have to start. You start taking those steps and all of a sudden you start getting good at it and look for things that can help you grow as a person. Uh, so obviously you answered it in the last question, but we obviously have different callings, Molly, between the two of us. I've been called to preach since I was young and you haven't, but did you ever find yourself feeling like you didn't have talents or abilities? Yeah. And like I said earlier, absolutely. <laughs> I felt like I just wasn't good enough at anything to really put forth an effort. I thought I had to be perfect at that thing to be able to offer that service. I didn't really want to try anything starting out because I was like, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to embarrass myself. And yeah, I there were so many times I feel like I probably looking back, I regret because I feel like I could have plugged myself in somewhere that I didn't because I didn't want to take that first step of not being good at it. And one thing even too, at the, like you said, at one of the churches that we served at, I did even did lyrics for a while for the screen. And I was terrified of that. I, I, just, I struggled with that, not wanting to do it because everybody in the church sees that they're following your God. 
Um, and I definitely screwed up. There were some wrong lyrics up there a lot of times, but I had to refocus and remind myself, you're doing this for the Lord. Yeah. So everybody knows the lyrics, but your heart is for the Lord in this. So the screw ups don't matter. It's the effort you put towards it. Yeah, for sure. And it is hard as we talk about this topic and as we've shared about, it is difficult to put yourself out there. But it's kind of like dating or anything else where you you have to put yourself out there and you put your own self-esteem, your self-confidence out there to whenever you mess up, it's on you. You feel bad, but it is so important just to to put yourself out there and just try it because we don't want to get to the end of our lives and be like, I never tried anything. I never learned a skill because I was just afraid to fail. So it's so important to get yourself out there and do it even if it doesn't feel right. And so today, just to recap, we talked about how can God use me if I feel like I have no talents or abilities and I've had some kind of setback. And step one in that is to understand that God has placed talents and abilities inside of you. First of all, whether or not you can see it, but also you have to stop comparing yourself to others because sometimes our talents and abilities might be hard to see, but they're impossible to see whenever you look at how big and huge and pretty somebody else's gifts are. Step two is understanding that setbacks and challenges are success in the making. We have to trust God whenever there's something that we don't understand or a setback that we don't appreciate in the moment. Third and finally, we need to start doing something. It's really easy whenever you feel like you don't have talents or abilities to sit on your hands and not use what God has given you. But it's really important that we put ourselves out there and we try something, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, that we honor God by taking that first step. And as we take that first step, it gets easier and easier, and God can use us in those areas. So today, God can use you. God can use you no matter if you have a 100,000 talents and things that you're great at, or if you have one. So keep an eye out today on how you can use your talents and abilities for God. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with everything we have going on and get updates, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the After Youth Podcast or on Instagram and Twitter at After Youth Pod. If you enjoy the content we put out, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This helps us reach more people with what we're trying to do, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening every week, and we will see you again next Friday.